Well, now we can turn the page from fall camp and get into Miami Hurricanes week one mode. We are eight days away. Let's freaking go. You are locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono, your host. I'm a University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet and contributor to allhurricanes.com. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. So it's been a grueling fall camp because I know that Mario Cristobal and his head coaches have really wanted to improve the physicality, just improve the general speed with which plays are run and snaps are executed in practice. And yeah, if you read between the lines from comments that Mario has made and comments that Charlie Strong made this week, they just want to get these guys more mentally, physically fit and tough to make the differences in fourth quarters when you might be a little bit tired, when other teams may quit, you don't want your guys to quit. But yeah, with fall camp now in the books, let's talk about some of the standouts. Let's talk, let's talk about some of the MVPs. Uh, I think our guest here, he's probably the MVP or one of the MVPs at allhurricanes.com on sports illustrated, because this man is grinding 24 seven and doing that for the Miami hurricane newspaper as well. My colleague, Luke Cheney, is with us. Luke, how you doing, sir? I'm doing well, man. Appreciate it for having me once again. Um, but yeah, eight days away. It's right here. Fall camp is over. Now we're shifting into uh, to game prep, getting to the schedule of things. And yeah, it's exciting times. Yeah, and you know, next week throughout uh, the shows that we do on Locked On, I will find a way to make Bethune Cookman compelling. Like I will, I will find a way to preview that Bethune Cookman game, making people wonder. Well, hey, what about is this guy on? I can't name a single player on Bethune Cookman now. By next week, I will be able to. Uh, (laughs) But let's talk, Luke. First of all, on Miami's uh, preparedness for for Game One, Week One. We got some good sounding news from a health standpoint yesterday, yeah. right? With Mario Cristobal speaking, what's the latest on left tackle Zion Nelson, running back Don Chaney, and also, uh, you know, Jalen Knighton, who was limited in practice this week? Yeah, so with Zion Nelson, um, he's not back at practice yet. His availability right now is still more up in the air. Don't I don't see him playing week one, which – should be okay, granted. Um, but I is his progress according to Mario's is coming along pretty well. Um, I, I think this is purely just based off the vibes I'm getting in my prediction. I think he'll be all okay for um week three, Texas AM. Yeah. Um, you know, but I mean as far as first availability for week one, I, I I wouldn't really expect it. And then you also mentioned uh Don Cheney. The news we got yesterday was pretty good. All things considered, I think it was pretty good because there there were rumors and, and what you're saying about, you know, Cheney possibly missing a lengthy, lengthy, lengthy amount of the season. And that's kind of what I was expecting. But according to what Cristobal said, uh, he's going to miss several weeks, but the injury is less severe than they originally thought. 
Uh, and then Don Chaney came out on Instagram with a uh, story post that said, I think it said like, I'll be back in one month, yep. which would be fantastic for Miami considering that would coincide uh, with the start of the ACC play. It would, it would actually, if he's out for that one month, that would mean he misses the entirety of my conference play, which uh, leading into a bye week, leading into ACC play against North Carolina on October 8th. So I think that would work out very well for Miami and would be great, uh, especially just heading into that uh, brutal stretch ahead. And then with uh, Jalen Knight, he wasn't there on Tuesday's practice over to the media. And it was kind of one of those things where it's like we were told, like, you know, don't say anything about the uh, the availability report. Don't mention who's here, who's not there at practice. I was thinking to myself, like, hey, you know, why is Jalen not here? Like, what what's the deal here? Like, we're not we're not talking tomorrow after practice. What, what what's going on here? Um, but um, but no, it's 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 it seemed like it was purely precautionary. You got dinged up a little bit, but you return to practice. He's all good. Jalen Nine's all good. The, the 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 thin running back room that has unfortunately become more thin due to injuries is 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 okay for now. So before we get into other specific position groups and, and Luke Cheney, uh, again, I think his attendance record at practice, it's been better than some of Miami's players. It's been as good as Mario Cristobal. Like he, he is out there constantly. So he is, he is the authority on this. Uh, you know, Luke, I let, let's talk about some MVPs from fall camp, right? So I, I want us each to give one from the offensive side, one from the defensive side. And then if you have any honorable mentions, other guys who really popped, because I definitely, I have a few of those. Now for me on offense, uh, you, you might agree, or you might go in a different direction. I do think Tyler Van Dyke was the offensive MVP. And that's despite the fact that his receivers weren't always consistent. You clearly see the arm, you see the adaptation to a new offense. You see the leadership. I think TVD is fully ready to go. Yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna to be different here. I'm, I'm gonna agree, Tyler Van Dyke. Uh, he looks better than before, which is crazy because he was truly a top five quarterback in the country for those last probably six games last season. He was phenomenal, and, and he looks as good, if not better. Like I said. Uh, I mean, just ball placement all, all over the field is incredible. Arm strength, arm talent. Uh, his precision on deep passes is just like no other. He's been awesome so far. If I already give some honorable mentions, hmm, I will give one to Jalen Knighton. He's looked very good so far. Used, uh, like I mentioned previously in some other shows, uh, in various positions around the field, not only as a running back, but as an outside wide receiver. Uh, I said the smoothest uh, pass catcher out of the backfield. He's probably going to be, or I expect him to be RB1. He's going to receive a lot of touches. He's going to really good this season. If I already get one more, I think I have to give some love to the offensive line. I'll go John Campbell. I'll go John Campbell just because he was forced to play a lot of left tackle this camp due to Zion Nelson's injury, and he has responded very well to that. Uh, been playing a bunch of different spots in the offensive line, been playing some on the left, some on the right. Everyone's cross-training there, but just what he's done, being able to, um, you know, replace, you could say, Zion Nelson's production has been um, very commendable. And also, shout-out Jalen Rivers. I think he's had a great season. What about on the defense? Who's your MVP? And anyone get some honorable mentions? So, uh, MVP on the defense fall camp. I will say Avante Williams. Ooh. 
I'll go Avante Williams. Uh, Avante over James, huh? I'm going Avante over James just because I, I, there's, there's something about Avante, man. There's something about Avante that I think he's going to have a fantastic season. Uh, Just so smooth. His movements are just so quick, and it's he's just an awesome player to watch. Like not even in in a live setting. He's just a very fun, fun player to watch in individual drills. He's He's that good of a player, and I think he's had that great of a season. I think he could, you know, you you could see him towards the end of the season shoot up on some draft boards, given that he will be draft uh, eligible after the season. So yeah, fall camp MVP, MVP on defense. I'm gonna go Avante Williams. Uh, thinking about some audible mentions, I'll go Daryl Jackson. Daryl Jackson, my guy. Yes. All all Dono first team uh, preseason member. He was the first selection. I think that was the first guy. I we we've done. Uh, I think the only we haven't done any linebackers or defensive backs yet. We've done every other part of the field. He was the first guy that I mentioned, and 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 well deserved because I mean, as as Chance Williams said, he is an absolute man child. He is physically just insane. Six six, three hundred pounds, and. Mario Cristobal mentioned yesterday he's been Miami's most consistent interior defender, and that means a lot because there are a lot of bodies in that room. I mean, Jake Lichtenstein, Leonard Taylor, uh, uh, Jared Harrison Hunt. There's a lot of good quality rotation defensive or interior linemen um, at Miami right now, and to say that that Jackson has been the most consistent is definitely uh, praiseworthy. He has received a lot of first-team reps, or at least in drills he has, which is you know, it could be testament to what we might see on the depth chart release next week. Um, and, yeah, he is just going to be an absolute beast. And just given his size, it's going to be a, a, a mauler, a run stopper, which Miami really needs. They really need that guy up the middle to kind of clog things up. And there's nobody on this team who I think will do that better than Jackson. Love it. So those are your fall camp MVPs and honorable mentions. And keep it locked right here, guys, because we have a lot more to get to with Luke Cheney coming out of Miami Hurricanes fall camp, preparing for game one, week one, September 3rd against Bethune-Cookman. Uh, you know, we talked about this a little bit yesterday. Charlie Strong uh, named a certain linebacker as the guy who's having the best camp. I'm going to ask Luke if he's seen it the same way. And we've got to talk about the offensive line. Do we feel good about a starting five just yet? Or is there still competition? And is there still enough rotation that we don't have a good idea about that? So we're going to talk about all of that and more, my friends, after we talk about betonline.net. Betonline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. Find all of your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all of your sporting wagering info from live in game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. Bet Online, where the game starts. 
Thanks again for making Locked on Canes your first listen every day. The Ultimate College Football Preview is here, a seven-episode preview with college experts, local team experts, and Odyssey College Football Insiders. It's everything you need to be ready for the college football season in one spot. Search for Ultimate College Football Preview on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. So we're here with Luke Cheney from allhurricanes.com on Sports Illustrated. Uh, so I was watching uh, Charlie Strong, who I'm a huge fan of, being interviewed on the uh, the Miami Athletics YouTube channel this week by Don Bailey Jr. And when Charlie Strong started to talk about which of his linebackers is having the best fall camp, I was expecting him to say Caleb Johnson, but he he said Corey Flagg. And he talked about – and Corey Flagg did lead Miami in tackles last year. And Coach Strong started to really talk about how quickly Flagg is learning – how seriously Corey takes the academic parts of the game, team meetings, showing leadership and all that. So, yeah, I mean, maybe Canes fans should be more bullish on Corey Flagg heading into this year than they were as of a couple days ago. Have you seen it the same way, Luke? What's your view been on the linebackers? Yeah, so, I mean, with Corey Flagg, he does a lot of the little things right, which is someone that you really, really want in your linebacker room. The thing with him and the the thing that has been with him, you know, throughout his college career is that, you know, physically and athletically, he is limited in some regards, you know, Um, he's not super tall, which listen, height doesn't mean everything as a linebacker. It doesn't. Some really good shorter linebackers have come through the U and have have done some amazing things both in college and in the pros. So height doesn't mean everything, but at the same time, being, I think, uh, flag is, I think, uh, I have a roster right here, actually. Uh, no, I can't find it. I think it's like 5'11". <laughs> yeah, I think you're uh, right about that. Yeah, I think it's 5'11". Um, and athletically, he is limited in, in, in some regard, you know. So, I think that even though he has had a, a very good fall camp and even though he does a lot of little things right, playing time-wise, I'm not going to be bullish on him. Just because of that, but at the same time, I think he is someone that, like I said, because he does do a lot of little things right, because he does take good angles, because he does have a very high football IQ. I think you will. I think you will play some. How much? I'm not sure. I'm not going to peg him into a spot uh, to a starting spot necessarily. But like I said, you really want a guy like Corey Flag in the room, both you know as a player on the field who does the th- who does pretty much everything right, and as a guy as a leader in the locker room, someone who can kind of keep the rest of the guys accountable. So uh, let's talk a little bit about the offensive line. Uh, you know, you did, you gave some love to John Campbell. You know, you gave him one of your honorable mention for offensive MVPs. Um, and, you know, I know that uh, Logan Sogapalu spoke uh, this week, and I'm a big fan of his. Of course, he he has the advantage of already knowing Mirabal and Cristobal so well, having played for them in Oregon. That's definitely going to be a guy as a starter, or at least competition to be a starter. He's working out at multiple spots. So, on that note, Luke, because there's been so much rotation and cross-training on the O-line, and you know, part of that's been necessitated by Zion Nelson, you know, not being healthy and available to this point. But you know, there's just there's been so many moving parts there. Do you feel like you have a good idea about what the starting offensive line is going to look like week one, assuming that's going to be Sands uh, Zion Nelson, or do you think that's really still up in the air for the next eight days? Yeah, so I feel much better about projecting the left side of the line than I do the right side. Um, so with, with this with this projection in mind, are we saying uh, Nelson in or Nelson out? 
let's say Nelson out because I'm assuming cool. week one he's not going to play. So let's say Nelson out. Cool. Yeah. So I think uh, just given that he's played mostly at his spot at, uh, during fall camp, I kind of want to peg John Campbell there at left tackle. Uh, Jalen Rivers feel very confident in him at left guard. I feel like Jalen Rivers is going to have a great season. He's progressing very, very well. Um, center, Ja'Kai Clark, we've known that since the end of last season. Yeah. Um, the right side of the line is, is, is where things get interesting, especially when Zion Nelson returns, because right guard, uh, I would peg in Justice. Gonna put gonna butcher his last name. I am so sorry. We we, um, we call him Justice O because like I, I always say I say his last name the way it's spelled, even though I know it's wrong. Like I say Justice Olawazian, I know it's wrong. I don't know what right is. So. Yeah. Well, also, you know, just kind of uh, we'll say Justice O as well. Why not? Uh, yeah. Justice O and Logan uh, Logan Sangapolu, uh, to a race there. I would give the edge right now to Sangapolu, uh, just given his. Familiarity with um, Alex Mirabal's familiarity with uh, Mario Cristobal, and just some of the physical attributes that he has. Um, in the right side line, I'll peg in DJ Scaife. But when Nelson comes back, what does that mean for John Campbell? Does that mean Campbell shifts over to the right side line? Although I think that I feel pretty confident that Scaife is going to be there at right tackle. Uh, I will say with John Campbell, though, given his versatility, he does make for a really good third swing tackle, someone who can kind of alternate between the left and the right side of the line. So um, when Nelson comes back, I could definitely see Campbell, I guess, being delegated to that role, which I think fits in perfectly. We're wrapping up Hurricanes fall camp here with Luke Cheney from allhurricanes.com and the Miami Hurricane newspaper. Uh, Tyler Van Dyke said in his media avail- availability this week that you know he sees definitely some of his receivers being capable of filling Charleston Rambo's shoes from last year, but they have to prove it in games. Like he said that he thinks he's got guys who are capable, but they have to prove it when the lights are on. Um, who do you feel best about? Because you know Charleston Rambo last year was clearly the number one target. Uh, you know, Mike Harley was clearly the number two target, and, and they've both moved on. Uh, but we'll focus on filling Rambo's shoes before we focus on Harley. So who do you think could fill Charleston Rambo's shoes this year? Yeah, so, I mean, if I were to make a bet right now, I would say that's more wide receiver one by committee just because there hasn't been that one guy in particular who has necessarily just been the cream of the crop. Um, but at the same time, though, and I, I wasn't there for fall camp last year. Who knows if Charleston Rambo necessarily separated himself in fall camp? Not nearly as much as you would have thought. Like it, like I, we didn't go into last year thinking, oh, this guy's gonna dominate the way he did. Like he, he, he really made it count when the games counted. Yeah, so it, it's really a kind of a, a we'll see what happens type thing. We'll see who Tyler Van Dyke really connects with in game. Uh, if I was to, to think right now, who would be that guy? Um, the guy I, I've been saying since spring, Jacoby George, um, just I, I just that gut feeling about him, man. Just that gut feeling. Moves so well, smooth route runner, smooth after the catch. Can be used in a multitude of ways. You can use him um, one-on-one downfield. You can use him on end-arounds. You can use him on quick screen passes. Uh, you can run routes with him through, um, into the middle of the field. His versatility is, is awesome, purely awesome. Uh, will he turn into that number one guy? I'm not sure, but if I were to make a bet, if I were to make a bet right now, I would pick him. Looking at some of the other guys, 
I feel way more comfortable with Xavier Shuffle kind of pegging him into that number two or number three role, uh, just given that he will be in the slot. A lot of his routes will, or um, mostly all of his routes will come from him being in the slot. Um, and he will find a lot of success in that role, but at the same time as number one guy, I'm not sure. Uh, Keyshawn Smith is someone that I feel way more comfortable um, labeling as a compliment to a number one guy. Um, he is someone that has been good, not fantastic since spring practice. Um, and someone who I think will show flashes of number one potential, but consistency wise, I'm not sure. Uh, I guess a dark horse in that is, uh, Romello Brinson, someone that a lot of Canes fans are super, super high on and for good reason, super talented, um, makes the most ridiculous acrobatic catches. He's first team all Dono. And that was more, and that was more on our listener. Like, I'm not saying I don't like him, but um, when I was, when I'm compiling the first team all Dono, which is really first team all locked on Canes, I go by who I hype up a lot and who the audience hypes up a lot. And the audience loves Romello. Yeah. uh, Fans love Romello. And for good reason, like I said, very talented receiver. Just still playing, still playing catch up in a way because he did miss the entirety of spring due to his injury, which you know is tough in a new system uh, like Josh Gaddis's, which is a I would label as somewhat complex in a way, not Dan Enos weirdly complex. Um, we'll say player adapt, uh, player adaptive or, or, or player friendly complex. That, that's how we'll label uh, his offense. Um, but yeah, he's still playing catch up in a way, but at the same time, I do expect him to have a role. He was someone he's someone that maybe could develop into that guy later in the season. We'll see. But I, I am very high on uh on Romello. Uh and who knows? There 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 could be a dark horse that I'm not even talking about that that could develop into that guy. Maybe a Frank Gladson. Maybe you can kind of put Yeah, and I was about let's pick up on that note because um you hadn't mentioned his name until right now. And mm-hmm. on on Thursday's episode of Locked on Canes, uh we talked about most explosive players on the team, like candidates to really be the type of guys who can turn the game on its head with one play. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at no point in yesterday's episode did I mention Frank Ladson. And people noticed that. I had multiple comments like, hey, what about what about Ladson? Um, he's, he's been quiet, right? I mean, I, I love his experience. I love, you know, coming out of Clemson, you know, this guy understands what it means to be on a winning team, but, uh, where do you, what's been the story with Ladson in camp? Yeah. So with Ladson, he's, he's really been competing with Keyshawn Smith at that extra receiver spot. Um, and, and the thing with Ladson is that it's just his consistency, excuse me, with his hands. That's the thing with that was his thing coming out of uh, I believe South Dade um, as as a high school prospect. Super talented, can run really well. You know, pretty solid route runner most of the time. Um, good jump ball receiver. He has all the traits that you want, but just his hands, his consistency. Those are the things, and those are the things that really plagued him at Clemson. And those are the things that still continue to be somewhat of a thing at Miami. Uh, it's it's it, it's 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 unrealistic in a way to expect um, a major change from a player in which I, what I think is, is I think fourth year of college now. Right. If I'm not mistaken. I, I believe so. Some, something like that. <laughs> I'll let yeah, that but I mean, yeah. But I mean, listen, we'll see what happens. Um, Charleston Rambo coming out of Oklahoma had some same inconsistent concerns. Uh, no, and, and no one really pegged him as that 
12 or 1,100, 1,200 yards in a season type guy. So Frank Watson has the tools. I think he has the potential. Maybe he can put everything together. I'm not ruling it out. That's all I'm saying. I'm not, I'm not ruling it out. Well, I always enjoy talking to you, and we'll we'll have to do this again next week. And I'm going to make you study Bethune Cookman top to bottom, so we can we can talk about the, uh, oh, the yeah. Bethune Cookman Wildcats. Luke Cheney, you see where to follow him on Twitter at Luke underscore Cheney for check out his work at allhurricanes.com and at the Miami Hurricane. Luke, thank you so much for taking the time, my friend, and enjoy your weekend coming up. Hey man, you too. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Always a pleasure. All right, guys. Uh, when we come back, gonna go. I'm gonna go rapid fire through a couple of recruiting notes. You know, Miami Hurricanes commit Emery Williams. Uh, you know, is is he getting some looks from other programs now? And uh, Miami has been named number one at a very important distinction. We'll get to that next. Keep it locked to Locked On Canes. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, available free on YouTube. So uh, according to Cane Sport, Matt Shodell and Gary Furman, I think Shodell wrote this piece specifically. Uh, so three-star Miami Hurricanes quarterback commit, and I am I think by, by the time uh, – National letters of intent are signed. I think he's going to be a four-star by that point. According to Kane Sport, Emory Williams is turning down visits to other schools, and he is staying firm with his Miami commit. There's been a lot of questions about Emory for two reasons. Number one, Miami just discovered him out of Milton High School in the Panhandle. Miami discovered him before any other major program did. So with Miami being the team that showed him the love very early, uh, they might have been his first major offer. I'm not 100% sure on that, but Miami was very much ahead of the pack on Emory Williams. You know, people were wondering, well, now that the secret's out because he had a really good Elite 11 finals and everybody knows how good he is now that just, you know, maybe he's a risk for a possible flip because so many other big schools are going to get into the mix. That's number one. And then number two is, yeah, being in the same class verbally committed with Jaden Rashada it's congesting the quarterback room now people wondering if he might decide you know what let me go somewhere else where I'm clearly the top guy um so Emory Williams recently landed a new offer from Cal this week no official visit is planned there per Kane Sport um and there have been reports the last couple weeks that he would take an official visit to Auburn where he has an offer from the Auburn Tigers um, and a source close to the school says Williams will not be taking that visit. So he's not visiting Auburn. Maybe he's not even interested in visiting Cal. Uh, there will be no official visit to Auburn. There are no official visit plans at all. But Emory will go to Miami to catch a game, they say. So we still got, you know, handful of months before you get this one over the finish line. But it, it's looking good right now for Emory Williams. Kid wants to be Kane. Simple as that. He wants to be a Kane. Got a question on Twitter. And by the way, you can tweet us. The show account is at Locked on Canes. Follow us. We will follow you back. You can also tweet me at my uh, personal handle at Alex Dono. Dono spelled D-O-N-N-O. Polk Kane asked, with the injuries to the running back room, do you see Brashard Smith getting snaps in the backfield? Uh, so Brashard Smith, I think he got 20 was his snap count in the backfield last year. He's Miami slot receiver, Swiss Army knife can play all over the field. 
Um, so yeah, getting him some reps in the backfield, I think that might've been part of the plan anyway. And listen, the 20 snaps he got in the backfield last year, obviously different coaching staff, completely different offensive philosophy. But to me, I think that Brashard Smith is such a weapon all over the field, whether you line him up in the slot, line him up out wide, line him up in the backfield. He can hurt opponents in so many different ways and can, and he can create mismatches in so many different ways. You might see some of that. You might see some of that experimentation, okay? Uh, that was one of the early reports that I got for, you know, some of the spring practices from my pal Brian Monroe, former Miami Hurricanes player, where he told me, don't be surprised if you see Brashard Smith lining up in the backfield sometimes. Guys, I think that might have been part of the plan anyway. At the same time, if you're asking me if – and I'm I'm putting words in Polk Kane's mouth because this might not have been his point. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. But if you're asking me, like, is the running back room so in need of just moving a guy to a different position because they're so decimated, it's not, it's not that bad, right? Because Jalen Knighton seems like he's fine. Uh, Cheney may only miss the first three or four games and you still have Henry Parrish, Thad Franklin, Devin Perry, who I believe in among others in that backfield as well. So I, I don't think Miami is in this situation where like, oh, we, we've got to get Brashard Smith as a regular in the backfield. No, you might do some of that just for exploiting matchups and creativity. Josh Gaddis may have, you know, like a, a special, formation formulated for taking advantage of mismatches but I, I don't think you're in such bad shape at running back that you need to think about hey Brashard Smith's a running back now no he's, he's a wide receiver okay um oh man we might have to devote a little bit more time on this uh on a weekend episode Miami fans University of Miami football fans have been named the cockiest college football fans according to a big game boomer survey cockiest college football fans i'm throwing up by you we're number one we're number one we're number one that'll do it for this episode we will have more over the weekend guys so make sure you support the show hit the like button subscribe to all of our channels audio and video we'll talk to you guys again tomorrow and hey make sure you make locked on acc your second listen every day because candace cooper and the local experts of locked on take you across the conference in 30 minutes make locked on acc your second listen thank you for making us your first we are part of the awesome locked on podcast network your team every day